internet, my name is Spamoman, as always, your host of Drink to the Past, the only podcast where I am an invasive species. Also, share, subscribe, and ring that bell to get notifications every Friday when we go live on YouTube. I am joined by co-host and or guests, which is to say, Chris. Hi, it's just me. Hi, I am Chris, uh, World is Soup, I am Fork Audette, uh... Uh, what, what have you been up to, Sean? All sorts of it's things. It's been a while since we did this. Yeah, yeah, actually it has, because uh, I accidentally took a couple of weeks off, and I went to Disneyland, in case you couldn't tell. Like, my hat has a hat. It's like Hatception. This is insanity, man. Uh, so, yeah, I went to Disneyland. Uh, that was an incredible, crazy-ass experience, and I got a cool, badass Star Wars beer mug here. It's got, like, Maz Eisley on it, or or something, and R2's on there, and I got a Star Wars coffee mug, which for Sean Drinks Something Stupid today uh, will be here. It's it's like a can of oil, but for astromech droids. I don't know if you could read that on the stream, yeah. but uh, yeah, astromech droid oil. And of course, gotta have a shot glass uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it's probably too little to really see there, but uh, it's got the dead man tell no tales and all that, so that's Did you do cool. the Epcot thing where you got real drunk and then wandered around? Real I drunk? would have, but they make it very difficult to get drunk at Disneyland. There are three places where you can get beer in Disneyland, and one of them is an exclusive club that you have to have like an additional paid membership to get into, and the other two are like fancy-ass sit-down restaurants within uh, Disneyland. And I didn't want to sit down and have lunch. I wanted to, like, grab something went, and chow down and then ride some more rides, you know. So I didn't... went to Disneyland, not Disney World. Okay, that's my bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went to Disneyland, not Disney World. Is it different in Disney World? Cause it, I... Well, in Disney World, one of the parks is... Basically, you can go to any of the attractions and get a drink. That is amazing. Because I was, like... That's how it is, like, at Elitch's, which is our big theme park here in Denver. So I was, like all excited to go and like get blasted out of my mountain and go on space mountain but i was like i'm not sitting down and probably paying like with the disney tax i bet a beer is probably 10 or 15 bucks <laughs> like it's 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 too much trouble if i ever get a bunch of fuck you money and i can just like go in like at the start and go into the restaurant and slam five beers and go on space mountain i'm totally gonna fucking do it but i do not have that much fuck you money uh, I spent what little money I did have on three pieces of glassware and a hat. So, <laughs> that, that, that's what I got. Which, it, I feel like was, like, more of a splurge than I usually do. Because m- most of the time I get, like, one thing. Anyways, today on Sean Drinks Something Stupid, um, I have my shot glass, which I feel like the in a Pirates of the Caribbean shot glass, the only appropriate thing to put in it is rum. Uh, so I got, I got a little double shooter of crack in here gotta have a little taste of that and then i'm gonna dump it into uh uh some echinacea tea because the smoke is fucking killing me here in colorado because some idiot lit the mountains on fire again i mean there's an idiot that lets the mountains on fire pretty much every summer these days it's kind Mm -hmm. of kind of a problem yeah but uh echinacea tea and kraken um that's a weird combo um, I, I think I'd put whiskey strange. with it next time, uh, but it's not it's not bad. Like the sweetness of the rum kind of works on some levels. It's it's all right. 
Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Disneyland is pretty cool. Um, I've, I've never been before, so I, I had always, like, had this, like, uh, envisioning in my mind that, um, Disneyland was, like, just any old amusement park except, you know, with cheesy-ass animatronics all over the place. And some of the rides are a little bit like that, but actually there's a lot more detail in the animatronics than I expected, and just the theatrics go beyond that. So I was, I was actually quite impressed with what Disneyland is. Um, so as a first-timer, I'm like, that was pretty cool, especially with the new Star Wars shit that they put in, because uh, I guess that's mostly pretty new. Uh, that stuff is fucking incredible. It's like, as a guy that, like, has worked in film and theater as, like, a... And, like, I've seen a decent amount of how special effects shit works, right? I could see through almost everything on almost every ride, but particularly the Rise of the Resistance ride just blew my mind with, like, how the fuck did they do that? I'm, like, watching things directly in front of my face, and I'm like, there is no way that you could make that happen with practical effects, but they fucking figured it out. It's cool. So, yeah. If you're going to Disneyland, go on that shit. Uh, anyways, we're gonna stream some Maneater today, uh, which is, uh, kind of a I've, I've played a bit of this uh, the other night I started it, so I got kind of through the first area. Um, so, why did it uninvert my joystick? That is annoying as fuck. <laughs> I hope it doesn't... Let's see. No, it's gameplay. Okay. Okay. That's better. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Alright, now where am I? Yeah, I mean, so I just got to Dead Horse Lake, so if you know what the hell that means, then, uh, that, that's that. And, and yeah, you, you pretty much just swim around and kill shit. It's pretty sweet. Um, what you been playing, Chris? Uh, let's see. So, the first three games in the Pixel Remaster came out, so I immediately jumped to, uh, Final Fantasy 3, because I had the DS version, where they were like their own characters. Um, and I wanted to see what it was like when they were just like generic dudes, and see how different it was. And uh, So far, the game's actually pretty similar, it's just there's a lot less dialogue. Yeah, that was my impression, because I, uh, before I played the DS version, I played the I played a fan translation on an emulator. Uh, so I had a vague idea of what it was going to go by, but it was kind of neat to see them have, like, actual characters. Uh, so that was a... It's, uh, it's a good game either way. Um, I think if you're getting the Final Fantasy 3 on the DS version, it's not, like, a worse experience or anything. But it, it, it is definitely different. I haven't played the remaster at all yet. Um... I'm one of the everybody in the fucking world who wants it to come to Switch. <laughs> uh, I guess what I would say about it is I've heard, like, a lot of minor complaints about the Pixel Remaster. Everybody I'm, I hear I'm is being... talking about how shitty the, like, font is that the text and is I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm, like, the font's a pretty generic sans-serif font. It's totally mm -hmm. legible. Um, I, I don't get why, 
I don't get why that's the complaint of all Yeah, things. I'm like, why are you getting this upset about a font that seems, like, weird? And, uh, like, I haven't I haven't played it, obviously, so I don't know like, if it's if it was, that bad. If but... it was difficult to read, uh, I might understand. If it was, um, if it was, like, Papyrus or something, or mm-hmm. some other, like, you know, one of those fonts that's just known to be obnoxious, I would understand the complaints, but it's... It's like, it's fine. Why are we paying this much attention to a font choice? It's readable, which is what... It's readable and it's not distracting, which is kind of what I want out of a font mm-hmm. uh, for, like, menus and shit. So I, I I honestly don't get the issue here. Maybe uh, it's worse on mobile. I think I have to flop to this pond to get these quests. This is, this is awkward. Although, I got, I got here. Although, now it's not deep enough to actually dive in. What the fuck? This is weird. <laughs> this is riveting gameplay, strange. isn't it? Just shark fucking flopping around out of water. <laughs> uh, but because I was impatient, and because I realized the pixel remasters were removing a bunch of content, I actually uh, went out and started playing the PSP uh, original Final Fantasy Donna Souls. Uh, the PSP... Dawn of Souls Final Fantasy 1 remake. And... Oh, there's a grate over there that I probably have to go to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, so I gotta get in here somehow. Well, you I just kind of crawl around along the ground. Yep. Just bounce oh along god, it. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. You are a very acrobatic shark, I guess. Fuck yeah. There we go. Ah, uh, Water. Alright. That's better. Uh... So I saw that grate over here somewhere, so let's see if I can... So, so what I would say is, you, you played the original, the PSP Final Fantasy 1, right? Uh, yes, I have played the PSP, and actually I played the original, that version was originally, I think, the version in on the PS1 remake, and I, I, I played it on PS1, Game Boy Advance, and PSP. So, what I would say I noticed about it um, almost immediately, was it's really damn easy. Like... Oh, yeah, compared to the the actual original... Ah! I was trying to get the yeah. alligator, I get the grouper. Is it's like, oh, I'm getting hit by enemies, and I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm having to grind all, all that much. Like, I don't ah. get, like, an extra level here and there. I might get eaten by an alligator here. Oh, that would be bad. I mean, you... Ellie alligator to stick to land prey. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, like, one of the biggest differences is that, like, in the original, because I, I started playing through the original on, uh, my, uh, Nintendo Classic Edition. I uh, got him. Ah! Fuck you, alligator guy. Um, and, yeah, the original gives you, like, you start with, like, zero gear and, like, a hundred gold or something. And so you can buy, like, a set of armor for one of your guys before you go questing. And the the remake gives you, like, you start with armor and uh, weapons and, and uh, enough gold to buy, like, a couple of spells for your black mage and your white mage. So it's, like, it's not nearly as... Ah! Shit! <laughs> this alligator comes out of fucking nowhere. It's sudden I sudden alligator attacks. Yeah. Like living in Florida, right? Uh, oh God, I didn't mean to get the grouper, but it's okay. 
eating other fish heals you, which is kind of awesome. Because, like, then, like, just... Sometimes that works out when you are, like, fighting an alligator and then you're like, Ah, I need health. I'll just eat this guy. Okay, fuck you. Dodge. I didn't dodge, but... Did not dodge. There we go. Man, these... They, uh... Don't want to give up. Yeah. Uh, alligators so far are the toughest enemies I've fought. It, uh, it's... It's... I would say the PSP version of that game is notably the easiest version of Final Fantasy 1 that I've played. And that yes. I'm like, I can put my fighter up top and he'll get be the primary focus of most attacks. And then he'll get, like, if he gets hit, he takes, like, one damage. And that's pretty normal from, like, normal enemies. So wow, I, feel like I don't remember it being quite that easy, it, but it's, it might it's have been in a remake, yeah. Because, again, the last version of Final Fantasy 1 that I played was the original, uh, you know, ROM on uh, yeah. the, uh, whatchamacallit, on the Nintendo Classic. But it's 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 the original, right? So it's... Is there, um, is there like, a treasure down here or something? Why the hell did I come down here? So... I've been having fun with that. I want to get into the bonus dungeons of that. But what I'll say in terms of comparing it to the pixel remaster on Final Fantasy III is I'm like, that feels, that difficulty feels much more like what you would find in an NES Final Fantasy. Okay. That's uh, actually, which is not to say it's I feel like that definitely targets a certain demographic because, uh, you know, I, I can see the attraction of having the original difficulty kind of preserved. Yeah. I wonder if I can go up there. No, it seems to um, be invisible. Although which I, isn't to say that it's hard, but I would right. say I, I I would say it's hey, you actually gotta think ahead and do a little planning or something like that. Right, yeah. It definitely doesn't have the Final Fantasy DS3 DS remake thing where the classes are um, like, they're trying to be, like, balanced. It's definitely, it's definitely in the vein of some classes are just straight upgrades to other classes. Right. So you switch away from the old class and you never switch back. Hmm. The exploration in this game is surprisingly fun. It's just, like, all these weird undersea areas that they've made up are, are surprisingly fun to just kind of wander around in. It's kind of cool. This feels like the kind of game that I would be a little nauseated playing. Mm -hmm. Just because of all the, like, tight, dark areas underground. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, uh, so like far, there cool hasn't game. been a ton of, like, underground areas. Uh, most of them are... Uh, uh, there's a lot of underwater areas, obviously. Uh, but mostly there's been enough light to see around. This is the first kind of, like... I guess I'm in a sewer system or something. This is kind of neat. So, yeah. I guess they got to do uh, something to break up the monotony of you know being a shark or something. Is being a shark monotonous? I don't want it now. I'm not a shark. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and also, I've been Let's playing see. Dota 2. Nothing more needs to be said about that. Uh, what, oh what my God! Shocking! Oh. Um. Well, other than this, I have. Played. I got back a little bit into Immortals. I didn't do a lot, but I I did like the next little bit in the main quest. Not in the, not enough to actually get to the next like 
milestone of the game or anything, so not much to say about it. Um, what else did I play? I played something else. Um, oh, yeah, I've been playing Skyward Sword HD. That's it. That that little game that came out um, that I streamed uh, a couple of weeks ago on the old podcast. Um, uh, I am not super far in that. I'm like two dungeons in. Uh, but it's like, it's as good as I remember. It's still a good game. I like Skyward Sword. Uh, contrary to, you know, what a lot of people might think if they read my Twitter and stuff. Because I complain about it a lot and I compare it to other Zeldas in a negative light a lot because I like every Zelda game other than Zelda 2 more than Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is my second least favorite Zelda game. But Zelda 2 obviously being your least favorite. Yes, yes. We... <laughs> We've all been over that as well. We, we've we've litigated that enough. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's fun to go through again and rediscover some of the lore that I've forgotten and things like that. It's like this is pretty cool. How the fuck do I get to these damn fish over there? <laughs> this is. <laughs> is that all you've been playing, other than a large here, which is. Yeah, um, and I played, actually, I played some online Halo for the first time in forever last night, and that was kind of cool. And here's a place I haven't been before, because there's an alligator and a secret cache. Alright, fuck up the alligator, though. This is kind of, I, I don't know if you can probably not really hear the commentator, but he's, he's kind of funny sometimes, because it's like he's doing a nature documentary, but he always says weird cheeky shit. It's, it's pretty funny. Ah, fuck! Ah! It's not quite a Morgan Freeman. Not quite. He's more like Morgan. Oh, it's, he doesn't sound like Morgan ah! Freeman at all. Fuck, 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 fuck. I don't, don't die. Uh, should we get into our news and boots? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, you mind reading that as long as I'm getting eaten by an alligator? Uh, yeah, sure. PS5 has sold over 10 million units, making it the fastest-selling PlayStation console, Ooh. which is kind of an impressive bar. Yeah, PlayStation has, like, always sold really well, so, you know, it's impressive to be the most successful out of a bunch of successful systems, so... That's that's pretty cool for them. Um, I am a little disappointed that the fan base took this as just another opportunity to bitch and moan and complain about. Um, what the hell? I wonder if I jump out of here if I'll find anything interesting. <laughs> bitch, moan, and complain about what now? Um, just about the lack of PS5 availability. I'm like, really, guys? It's like. I, I get that it's kind of annoying, but like every like I, I saw this tweet and every reply was just whining, just like oh yeah you're you're wrong because nobody's actually got one. I'm like uh, ten million people have them, fuckface. It's like I'm sorry that you don't have one if you've actually been trying, but like whining is 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 fucking old. I'm over it. Don, you and me are old enough to remember the times. <clears throat> the times when the Wii was the console that nobody could find. Yeah. Um, Try being part of that. <laughs> a lot, I think a lot of these people are, like, too young to remember that. Could be. 
But, yeah, that, that's kind of an impressive stat. Oh, God, there's two alligators and a barracuda. I am fucked. There's three alligators in here. I am epic fucked. I hope they fight each they, other. They I, I don't know if they did. three alligators in the same place? They did, and I am, I am so fucked. I'm going to eat this grouper. God. Really shouldn't be teaming up, I wouldn't think. Uh, yeah. The Witcher is getting an anime movie on Netflix coming in August. Yeah, uh, I thought this looks uh, pretty neat. Um, so I'm, I'm big into the Witcher series that they've put out so far. I think it's really well put together. Uh, great acting and writing and all that. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they're expanding this universe. Ah, hey, I leveled up. That's amazing. That's good timing, too, because I probably needed a heal. <laughs> you can level up in this game? Holy crap. Yeah, it's it's a full-on RPG. I've got, like, I haven't upgraded a whole ton yet, but uh, my first upgrade is, like, I got this, like, sonar ability that I can track nearby collectibles and see what uh, uh, enemies are nearby. Ah, fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. I'm gonna kill this grouper. Hey, this is where my quest area is. I could just like, eat all these fish and say, fuck you, alligator, and just, like, leave. I, want, I wonder how far they will chase me. I have wondered that a few times before, but I have not experimented with it. it seems to still be chasing you, so... Yeah. Let's uh, let's see. Oh, no, the alligator's going away. Awesome. Okay. Sweet, so now uh, I just gotta eat some groupers. Dr. Mario World servers are shutting down November 1st. Yeah, so I think this is kind of interesting, because this is, like, uh, actually one of their more recent games. It's only two years old as a mobile game that's not super old, I feel like. And uh, it's uh, it's already going away. So um, I'm not, like, that worried about it myself, but I'm kind of bugged that this game won't be available, because my kids really like to play it on my phone sometimes. And it's a good, like, time sync puzzle game. It's, like, it's for a... You know, kids, my kids' ages, I think it's a good, like, brain teaser kind of situation. And I think it kind of sucks that this game is totally a game that could be 100% offline and it would not be worse for wear. But because the way they make games nowadays is all about them microtransactions and being online all the time, it's, you know... It as soon as they take off the servers, you're you're fucked. Yeah, that's a uh, kind of a shame. I I wasn't really aware of this game's existence. So yeah, uh, Doctor Mario, but online, I guess. Yeah, well, it's not even really an online game. It's just like you have to be online connected in order to get like the daily quests. And to make sure, like, what uh, unlocks you have, because it's it's got a gotcha system for like um, what uh, characters you can play as, because like Dr. Mario and Dr. Bowser have different powers and stuff like that. So you can like blow up bubbles with their or uh, viruses with their different uh, powers. So it's is it was kind of I feel like a shitty way to like, in, 
you know, add microtransactions, but I think most ways are shitty ways to add microtransactions. So. Is it a free-to-play game? It is a free-to-play game, so okay. you don't have to spend any money on it, but y if you don't spend money on it, it's really, really difficult to ever get new characters. I, so, I guess it goes to show BioWare on any online game that has microtransactions. You can spend a lot of money on something that can just they can just take offline. Yeah. Um, uh, and eventually that'll be, you know, every game that everybody's playing right now, Pokemon Go, as popular as it is, one day, they're just gonna pull the plug. Pokemon Unite, which I guess just came out. Yeah, uh, I actually thought, uh, as a fan of MOBAs and a non-that-big fan of MOBAs, I thought that might be an interesting co-stream game one of these days. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd play that with it. it. What it reminds me of is it looks like kind of a simplified version of League. I've seen some gameplay of that, where it's like... I'm gonna die. And it's got much less of an emphasis on farming, which uh, I, I tend to enjoy. It's kind of like... A zen skill or something. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, but I'm, I'm but, not uh, all about the farm. I'd rather kind of get into the action myself. And, so. and I think that's uh, the I think this might be an interesting... Uh, yes, I thought I was going to die there. I'm so happy. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a shame that those are... It's a shame that's going to be knocked offline, but my guess is it wasn't profitable so yeah or at least not as okay. profitable as a lot of their other mobile games you know it's it's hard to say you know i don't know exactly how profitable it really was but you know when your other things that you have are fire emblem heroes and pokemon go it's like you you have to make a certain amount of uh money to to justify keeping you there so I can go All into right. Should I get into our last piece of news and booze, which is the big one here? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're ready for it. So if you haven't heard, uh, you're about to hear. This is this is the big. Like I, I, I can't even... really be happy in delivering this because this is just more fittiness added into the world. But yeah. I can say, I've been saying this company has been shitty for a while. You have, and uh, <coughs> it's just coming more and more into light how shitty they are. The California yeah. Department of Fair Employment and Housing has filed an explosive lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for discrimination. Uh, the details and the documentation state male employees advanced faster and were paid more, often could delegate work to female employees, and spend their shifts playing video games, and were drinking alcohol in the workplace while cube-crawling to female co-workers' work areas and participating in inappropriate behavior, among other... Uh, way fucking worse shit. That's Sean's embellishment, not mine. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I did not put in all of the worst shit. If you are more interested in this, you can go ahead and, like, look it up. It's it's all out there. It's all a public court case, so you can figure all of it out. There's a good synopsis on Bloomberg is where I stole our recap from. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is... It is fucked up what is going on at Blizzard, and... Uh, like, I, I knew that, like, companies were shitty, but, like, this is, like, this is, like, going shitty. up and above and beyond in, in terms of shittiness. I cannot imagine that this shit would fly by 
in, in, in any scenario. And I am... Like, I am disheartened that I have ever spent money on World of Warcraft, even though I haven't... I haven't played World of Warcraft in, like, a long-ass time. But I'm like, fuck, I played World of Warcraft. I enabled this, right? Almost, I feel like shit because almost of... Almost 1,000 Blizzard employees, past and present, have signed a letter supporting the lawsuit. Yeah, that's, uh, like, at first I was kind of, like, I, I almost put in a part where uh, a representative of Blizzard went into, like, all oh, the allegations are, are false and... and uh, taken out of context and all that, and I was going to give them the fair shake, but then I read this, that one fucking thousand employees are like, no, yeah, this is, this is fucking legit, and I'm like, alright, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not giving Blizzard the benefit of the doubt anymore. You guys, yeah. you, you guys fucked up. Blizzard, Activision Blizzard has been a shitty company for a long time. I remember back when they were basically kidnapped and interrogated the lead developers of Modern Warfare. The, the original Call of Duty for Modern Warfare back when it was Call of, Call of Duty was receiving direct numbered sequels. Right. Um, and uh, and that was something that immediately turned me off of the company. Uh, that may have been before they even merged with Blizzard. And shit has just gotten worse since. Yeah, pretty much. So, and when when the people in companies like this are shitty in one way, they're rarely shitty in just that one way. They're often terrible in many other ways, and this is just another facet of them being terrible, awful people encouraging terrible, awful behavior. Illegal behavior. Polonious behavior. Kind of shit. Yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> say, if say if you haven't me. quit WoW yet, quit WoW. Uh, well, I was looking at a Final Fantasy fourteen there, since I was like, hey, if people are jumping ship to that, yeah, that's, I'd like to... Uh, like, a lot of people were doing that already anyways, because, like, WoW is apparently just not fun to play anymore, which I didn't think it was that good of a game anyway, even when I played it. It was like, I was mostly playing because I had a lot of buddies that were playing, so I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun time if you're hanging out with buddies, killing raid bosses or whatever, but, like, if you're playing alone, it's, it's boring as fuck. And I just, I, I couldn't even begin to care. So. Ooh, I get to consume ten humans. Sweet. I, I wish I could say I was surprised by this, but this is, it's not surprising. Activision's cultivated, actively encouraged this kind of shit for a long time. It's just, what's surprising about this is that the hammer is actually finally coming down on them. Yeah. And it's a good thing to see. So, it is. you know, of them. <coughs> Alright. Um, and, shall we uh, with, albino? Ooh, that's a big ass. With that, uh, put long turd of a news topic. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into the video game topic? Yeah, that might be a, a good, a good way to, uh, 
you know. Wash the shit out of our mouths? Yeah, that, that'll be good. Um, let's wash the shit out of our mouths first by drinking as soon as I kill this barracuda. Fuck you. I'll drink to that. I have, like, a tail whip that can stun, but most of the time I feel like it's more effective to just, like, nom the fuck out of things. But, whatever. <laughs> Let's drink. Alright, where's my, where's my drink sign? Uh, so, you, you raise one with us uh, in honor of saying, fuck you, Blizzard. Mm. I like echinacea tea generally anyways. I think I put too much water. A little watery. Yeah, this is, this is a large cup, so... Uh, what you've done is you've created a flavored grog. That is exactly what I have done, actually. Uh, which is okay by me. It's it's not bad. It mostly tastes like echinacea with a little bit of sweetness in there, which my wife puts, like, honey and stuff in, in the echinacea tea a lot, so it, a lot of people put some kind of sweetener, so it's, it, it is certainly not, like, uh, unappealing. Again, I'd probably just stick in whiskey next time, because that's, again, like, doubly good for your throat, so... Um, and that's that's largely what I'm doing because I'm coughing up a lung all the time because of fucking wildfires out here. But uh, I digest or digress or, or what have you. Uh, so, Chris, which video game topic did I choose out of the things that we had at the bottom of the document that I always think, oh shit, we need a topic. What did I have that I wrote a few weeks ago as a backup topic? I, I think you built this in one in just in time. Um, should item limitations be put into games? Examples are arrows in Breath of the Wild versus arrows in Ghost of Tsushima. So, you're gonna, I think you might have to go a little more into detail on. Uh, yeah. So, um, limitations in I in is is off. Ah, what's what's it? Sorry, I'm getting attacked by a musky or something. Oh, it, I thought I killed that barracuda. Anyways, um, so obviously most games limit item use somehow. Uh, in Breath of the Wild specifically, uh, you can like farm any number of good items and arrows for like days and and just have them all right hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna kill this human it's gonna be great ah oh damn it i can't jump that high fuck whoop almost got it i'm gonna ah, fine anyways i i will figure this out as i go uh but yeah um so Ghost of Tsushima gives you a fairly small uh, pool to use arrows. Um, you get well, like, that's like a even, maximum cap. Yeah, even when you're like capped out, I think you got a maximum of like uh, I want to say twelve or sixteen arrows, which is not a whole lot. You get different kinds of arrows. You get like flaming arrows and stuff, but. It's also, like, it's it's kind of a limitation, and it's kind of not. It's kind of just an inventory management element, in a way. Because at the end of the day, it usually gives you enough... Uh, uh, oh, man. I'm going to have to, like, kill a bunch and, and then just dump, jump back in the water. So, um, so it, it usually makes sure you have enough arrows for whatever quest you're doing like if you're if you're going up on a a big quest you'll probably get a bunch of arrows right beforehand or something but 
you only have so many at a time. So I, I, I wondered kind of uh, what, if there was an ideal approach to this, uh, if, you know, just limitations on items in general. Because every game, I feel like, handles uh, limitation totally differently. There's Because obviously those are kind of the two extremes where it goes to Tsushima. You get, like, jack squat, but it's usually, like, replenished at the end of a mission, and Breath of the Wild is, like, the opposite end. You can grind forever and then just go up to any boss and plug it full of 8 billion bomb arrows until it's dead. <laughs> uh, well, I would say uh, the very controversial opinion, it depends on the game. Oh my <laughs> god, we've never said that on this show at all. Not, not even once. Uh, what the fuck is with this nar uh -oh. narration? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> the Coast Guard's coming after me or something. Uh oh. Ah. Fuck you, jet ski. Oh, the jet ski. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So what I would say is every limitation like that in a game has to be put there for a reason for how the game's expect expected to be played. Bayou Willie is hunting me. Like, Breath of the Wild's kind of unlimited. Oh. <coughs> I think I'm going in boss fight. You've got a fucking spear gun or this, something? This does take place outside of Florida, doesn't it? Probably. I don't know. It didn't specifically it like. say I don't think. Just eat your driver here. Ooh, I get bioelectric teeth? That sounds wow. fucking great! I'm, I'm also you, about out of health. Are you eventually gonna be a, uh, uh, a Godzilla here? Bounty hunters. Maybe. That'd be cool. That seems kind of <laughs> Bioelectric like evolution sets electricity. Stunning nearby targets. Useful against all foes. Defeat more bounty hunters to collect... Okay, What's I that? get more bioelectric evolutions later. Sweet. Infinity right. level one. All right. So, I would say Breath of the Wild's uh, arrow design for how arrows work. Um, oh yeah. Boots Breath of the Wild's design, and that it's like an exploration game. You're expecting oh, like, it, it's not just an exploration game. It's also a game of you are kind of going around getting more powerful, acquiring more resources. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes sense that you'd be able to accumulate a shitload of resources just by going around and getting them. And then most of the challenges in that game are dealt with... You, you don't have... They're not, like, precisely balanced mm -hmm. in the sense that you're expected to be at a certain power level when you get them. You're expected to deal with them with whatever resources you have at hand. And whether that's a lot of resources, or whether that's just, like, a fucking stick. That's how Breath of the Wild works. And Ghost mm -hmm. of Tsushima's arrows are suited for Ghost of Tsushima, where they want you to have be at a certain level of resources, where they give you so many arrows for a challenge, right? But you're yeah. going to always have those arrows. You have a minimum... You're mi uh, the minimum arrows you have for a given challenge is also kind of... The minimum and the maximum are just... That's the expected number you have. It's kind of like Halo's regenerating health in that yeah. way.
don't have enough to upgrade them twice, that'd be awesome. That's okay. Or this sounds cool. putting one stun counter. Yeah, I get Whoa. to, like, stun people and get extra damage with my bioelectric teeth now. You gotta hit them ten times to stun them. That's Yeah, except for I crazy. upgraded it, so... Oh, wait, let's see. Oh, yeah, it is one stun counter. Okay, so... It's a, it's a little yeah, so when I upgrade it, it'll get two stun counters. But, like, you, you hit people pretty quick in this game, so I think ten hits isn't gonna be that bad. Not too crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say there are some games where, um, like Kenshi, where it's, you have a backpack, and it's kind of like the, the Diablo grid-based inventory system, mm. where you have, except you also have a weight limit, so you're only able to carry around so much gear, but right. you can recruit extra people, and they can carry stuff, and you can get backpacks, and those can add slots of carry weight, um, and the traders, things like the traders backpack allow you to stack items that otherwise couldn't be stacked. Uh, but backpacks also like slow down your dodging stat. So there's like a whole management aspect of the game that's added. Um, so by adding those limitations, uh, it really to the game it adds to the game. It doesn't feel like it's just an annoyance. It feels like it's adding something interesting to the game. Does that make sense? And if you if you've never played Kenshi, it's a it's kind of a grind at the beginning of the game, but it's pretty great. I, I would highly recommend. Let's see. So, what do you think of like uh, kind of middle of the road games, like uh, other Zelda games, where like you have like an inventory limit, but it's pretty, like, sizable, and there's, like, refills everywhere, so it doesn't really matter, almost. Does that, like, kind of set back the game for you? Because it's, like... It doesn't set back the game for me, but I wouldn't say it's... I wouldn't... I guess I wouldn't call it efficient or, like, perfect design. Because it's, like... Yeah, that system's in place, but it doesn't really serve any game design purpose. It's like, oh yeah, you can only hold X amount of arrows, and then you can get, like, inventory upgrades to hold more, which might be a problem, like, one time out of a hundred, uh, but the vast majority of the time it just doesn't matter. So it feels kind of, it, it feels a little awkward, mm -hmm. but that's, it, it's also... In, in the original Zelda games, it's not a big deal. Yeah. In, uh, or in Ocarina of Time and games like that. Uh, what I would say that I do like, speaking of Zelda games, is how arrows worked in the original Legend of Zelda, where after you got the bow and, the air and bought the arrows in the store, one arrow, the bow... For every arrow you fired, you lost a rupee. Because yeah, that was an interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> and because rupees are have a lot more importance than the original Zelda, kind of it goes back into adding to the game. Uh, you're gonna say something to that. Go ahead. Um. 
Sorry, I got distracted from uh, all these damn jet skis. But, um, yeah, I, I, to an extent, I agree largely with what you're saying. But at the same time, uh, it kind of detracts f f for me if you're making a resource that doesn't really matter. It's like, why did you bother making it a resource then, you know, if it's not going to matter at the end of the day? Which is, you know... It doesn't make a game worse necessarily, but it's it's like it seems like a pointless addition at that point, if that makes sense. Because uh, yeah. the at this argument point, has been oh god, I'm getting another boss fight already. What the fuck, Bobby Bojangles? She, <laughs> she fucking picks up a trumpet instead of her gun. What the fuck? All right. Uh, but yeah, it's like the the same argument has been put to of course good old rupees in general, like. In Ocarina of Time, they're largely superfluous. I don't think that makes the game worse, but it's like... I I get the... Oh, sweet. I got an infamy increase on new evolution. Sweet. Alright. Um, yeah, in Ocarina of Time, rupees are mostly... Sur like, outside of like a few purchases where you're like, oh yeah, but pick this up, and then you'll... Outside of, like, the very few necessary purchases, I would say, it's, oh yeah, pick this up, uh, you have it, and now you don't need to buy anything anymore. Yeah. Like, the best um, thing you can buy is the giant's knife. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Um, I would say that I really don't like how some later games approach that, starting with Wind Waker, uh -huh. where the game was... It made you need too many rupees? Fuck you, it, Tingle. There was always a point, usually pretty late in the game, uh, where it was just a giant rupee sink, and it says, oh yeah, you need to get this many rupees to proceed in the main storyline, because yeah. rupees were otherwise pretty useless. Yeah, it wasn't bad in Twilight Princess, um, oh, I, I, but, because Twilight Princess was, like, an optional rupee grind if you wanted to get the magic armor or something. Uh, magic armor, having it be optional was fine, but the problem is that finding rupees as a um, weren't really an interesting resource to manage in yeah. those Zelda games. It was just to get certain things, you needed X amount and other, and the process of gathering rupees was not really all that fun. So it was just, oh, you gotta grind to continue this game. Yeah, which luckily on, like, subsequent playthroughs, you're just like, okay, I'm maxed out, gotta go to Mallow, right? But yeah. if you don't know that or know where to look or whatever, then at the end of the game, you're in for a big grind if you want 100% it. So it, that's also its own can of worms. Well, so Twilight Princess also had, like, I think it was, like, the clown... Um, you had to pay, like, the clown to fire yourself up the sky, up to, like, the sky fortress. I'm trying to remember what that dungeon yeah, was called. Yeah, uh... And I, it was just... Flights, man. It, so... Or... Fire. Which one was which? Yeah. Falby and Fire were the names of the two dudes, the old guys. They were fucking hilarious, though. I did not mind helping them out, because they were just two weird fuckers with dreams. <laughs> I'm just like, you just want to blast people to the fucking moon or whatever? 
to the sky. You go right ahead, man. Pretty you are funny. an old man with a dream, and I fucking respect it. Uh, but I would say... Yeah, and the, I, I really dislike the approach in those games, because rupees were just something you needed to continue once. And it feels like that was put in the game because rupees were mostly superfluous in the earlier game. So I would prefer superfluous to necessary, but boring to acquire... Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of fair. And necessary to advance. It's yeah. So, uh, one one thing I was gonna say uh, back to Zelda before we move off of Zelda, at least, uh, is the game I think handles inventory management the best. Is uh, actually well, it it in a weird way I think it handles it the best and the worst. Uh, is a link between worlds because. I say the best and the worst because the item rental system is fucking bullshit and, and I still hate that guy. Um, but it did introduce the stamina gauge or, or whatever it was called where basically you, you have a little uh, bar on your left hand side, right? And it's just a meter and when you use any item it goes down and then it slowly recharges. So, you don't have to worry about, do I have enough bombs, do I have enough arrows, whatever. You just use them, and then they recharge. So it's still not, like, ridiculous infinite, you can just do what... But it is, it is infinite! You can do it! You, you know, you just have to wait for the cooldown, and uh, different items take different amounts of... Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that was a good, like, trade-off, and I would be very happy for that, kind of... Which is kind of how they made the the bombs work in um uh breath of the wild obviously as well so the the concept is not gone from zelda and and i am glad that it's not gone i, w I would be glad to see it come back anytime so am i, I supposed to be killing these humans what am i killing yeah humans. i am killing i didn't actually look i just kind of started swimming around because i was talking and i'm like swim around eat some shit whatever yeah. Shit my pants if that happened to me. Right. Uh, you know, before dying. Right, yeah. Boing. Let's, let's um. see. Uh, I've never played A Link Between Worlds, but knowing about the concept of the item rental shop, um, I feel like, at least in the context of making rupees like a useful resource without making it um, like a terrible, boring thing needed to proceed. I like it better. All that would be missing is, like, making rupees, like, fun to acquire. Right, yeah, because in that game, technically, rupees were sort of required because of the item rental system. You know, you yep. had to have enough rupees to rent an item at any given time. If you died or between dungeons, you need the next item to get into the next dungeon which was an alright way of handling it, except for it, it ended up being really annoying if, if there was, especially on hero mode, it was like really challenging, and then having to grind rupees before you could go back and try the dungeon again was just a major pain in the ass. So, I, I was not a big fan of that. I think the one thing... I, so, someone else pointed this out, but the one thing I remember hearing about that was it allowed you to go to the dungeons in any order. It did, which was neat, but 
Breath of the Wild also allowed you to go to the dungeons in any order. And it didn't have any of that. But it, you didn't have to worry about, you know, returning your fucking item from the dickhead who set up a shop in your fucking house. So, do you need to just go back to the island and kill the regular humans on there? Because apparently hunters yeah, don't Yeah, I, I don't... The, the hunters don't seem to count for the quest, but they're also shooting at me, so I... I feel obligated to pay attention to them momentarily. They might, I don't know. But they kept spawning for a while the last time, and then a boss appeared too, so... I don't know. Maybe a boss is about to appear. I don't, I don't know how this game works, other than eat shit. Okay. Alright, I got all of them. Good, good, good. Okay. So, yeah, just, just eat. Yeah, now I can I'll, go I'll eat the, the, eat the stupid, stupid putz humans. Alright! There we go. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to do it, and none of them is necessarily right or better. But... Ah. I do think they spawn a lot if you just hang out, though. Yeah. Apparently every time you attack humans, they just spawn a shitload of them. Yeah. Whee. Also, they shouldn't alligator. be able to shoot underwater like that. That's, yeah. that's not how bullets work. <laughs> Something about never shoot at water. Oh, it's... Uh, one, of, one of those gun safety rules that they don't seem to give a fuck about. Alright, you guys. Well, even if you're shooting at water, it's you're not going to hit anything that's more than like a few inches underneath. Yeah, bullets... Because the curvature and, and, and the refraction of light and the science and things. Water is water's pretty effective armor, I guess is what yeah. I would say. Even if it doesn't, like, ricochet back and fuck you up if you're shooting a shotgun right at me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other games we can think of about, like, that have that kind of item resource management aspect to them? Um, I don't know, what do you think about, uh, since you were talking a little bit about weight management, there is another boss guy, Pookie Paul, <laughs> what the hell, <laughs> I guess this is how to grind, is just come in here, eat humans, fuck up hunters, and then a boss appears, <laughs> this is such a uh, weird game, it's awesome and, and wacky and just what the fuck. I have devoured you, Pookie Paul. So, weight management. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, like Skyrim, uh, or, or all the Elder Scrolls games are are big on on that. Uh, what do you think about that style of uh, inventory management? Because uh, you could theoretically have a shitload of throwing axes or arrows or whatever in Skyrim. But it would it would take up your inventory for otherwise like hauling treasure out of dungeons and things like that. So what do you do you think that's a good way to balance? I don't I've never liked the Skyrim approach to inventory management specifically, and that's because it's not really restrictive enough to create any kind of interesting decision. Mm. Um, which is kind of a fun. I, I'd rather they just get rid of it entirely, considering. Because the way it feels to me whenever I'm playing Skyrim is I say, oh, look, I have 
all I've been collecting all of these items. Oh no, my inventory is full now that I'm trying to pick this up. I guess I better like store something away. Um, I it does. I've never have a lack of resources in terms of what I'm bringing into an area and carrying like treasure out. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's a weird. Because, like, once your inventory is maxed out, you just kind of look at the ratio of how much is this worth to, uh... Oh, fuck, they fucked me up. I, I, I wasn't really paying attention to my health. But, uh, I could use to go back here and see what my upgrades are anyway. Because you, you upgrade at the cave when you go back. Um, but yeah, um... Basically, the inventory management in Skyrim and that kind of game amounts to, I have all my gear, I'm obviously not dropping my gear, but now I want to pick up this valuable item. Is it worth it to drop some other thing or collection of things in order to pick up this? So, for example, this is a 25-pound ingot of gold worth a thousand gold. How many things do I have to drop of their various weights and values to equate the... Uh, appropriate uh and at the end of the day like sometimes that just becomes too much of a hassle and i'm just like is this like a really good weight to value ratio no it's like middle of the road i just don't it's, care it's, it's not worth the trouble yeah <laughs> and i'm like and i'm not playing skyrim to play math i'm fuck. i'm here to fuck up dragons and it's not in, in Skyrim specifically, I never felt like my options in terms of like what I was bringing into the dungeon was limited. It was like I always had enough resources past like the very early game. You mm. always have enough resources on hand to deal with whatever. You always have like, oh, I have a billion health potions and all this food and yeah. all this other shit. I Just eat sitting all in the land cheese. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's more like it feels less like a mechanic to be like, oh, you can you have to be careful with what you need to bring in to a dungeon and be careful to leave enough space in your inventory for, like, treasure. It feels less like that and more like, oh, did I remember to store all of this useless crap that's really heavy that I want to hang on to in case it has a use later? No? Okay, I, I guess I better go back to my house and store it then. Um, which is not the feeling I, not something I think you want out of an inventory management kind of system. Yeah. I, which is why I brought up Henchy as an earlier example, which was, uh, the weight where it had interesting trade-offs. It's, you really can only carry, you have a much more limited inventory to begin with and a weight limit but you can recruit other people and because it starts off as kind of an RPG and you can ultimately get 30 people in the base game and if you install a mod you can get up to 255 people recruited and they can each be carrying individual shit uh, of their own and then you can have things like backpacks and all of that adds and your and base inventory is limited enough that you're only going to be carrying a few things on any given character, so it feels more like you're making important decisions about that. Yeah, it, it, it's more interesting. I like that idea. Uh, one one good thing about Skyward Sword again, we have to talk more about Zelda because I'm a fucking nerd. But um, 
Skyward Sword actually does an interesting kind of thing similar to that, where uh, you get your adventure pouches, and you start with four slots, basically, and through the game you can get more pouches to unlock eight total. So you can have eight different items in your adventure pouch, uh, which can be things like an additional quiver to hold more arrows or an additional bomb bag to hold more bombs. And so that's kind of how you upgrade. And then in that way, you kind of have to pay attention to like, okay, do I use bombs more? Do I use arrows more? Y you have you like your regular items. You just get to keep whatever. It's fine. But if you want to keep an expanded inventory of that, that's a little different from most Zelda games where you just like, oh, I got the bomb bag upgrade. Now I can carry 99 fucking bombs because why the hell not? Thank you, great fairy. I will use these for good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a that is actually one of the things that I kind of like about that. Uh, even though the item upgrade system is almost completely superfluous in that game, uh, th that aspect of the inventory management is kind of neat. It, yeah, it's kind of a neat idea. <laughs> Oh, uh, real quick, let's get into my uh, beer of the week, which is Blizzard Wizard, um, which has this mysterious-ass cloaked dude. This is from Proper Brewing Company uh, in Salt Lake City, so this is another souvenir I got on my way home from Disneyland. I stopped at, not in Salt Lake City, because that is way the fuck north of where I was, but I was in somewhere in Utah, and, and they had this in a gas station that I stopped in, and I was like, look, craft beer that I never heard of. Sweet. Uh, so it's a hazy pale ale. It's actually, like, creamier than I expected. Uh, I, I actually didn't read the label other than the, the can art looked cool, and I was like, proper? Okay, I never heard of them. They're in Salt Lake City. Whatever, cool, whatever. I'll buy a beer. Uh, from the name, something about the name Blizzard Wizard, like, I guessed it would be a stout, but it is not. It is a hazy pale ale. But, yeah, this creamy texture on a hazy pale ale actually works really well. So that is a very good beer. Um, what are you drinking, Chris? I, d I don't think we, we are introduced I'm your beer. I'm drinking an old kind of classic here, Denver Beer Co. Graham Cracker Porter. Nice. Solid-ass go-to. Undiscovered. Is the solid-ass go-to. Porters are kind of up there with stouts for me. Yeah. I think that's a landmark. Let's see. There was some... Um, there's some other game I was going to rag on and for inventory mm. um oh yeah Bre breath of the wild uh the way it handles i, I won't say it serve doesn't serve a purpose i guess is what i'd preface this with is breath of the wild's limited weapons and bows and shield caches because weapon durability is the thing yeah so uh, weapon durability being a thing makes the limitations of having of having a limited supply of weapons in your inventory actually matter just a little bit. But in practice, it usually ends up being, oh, I have all of these super weapons that I have stacked up. Um, which one of these do I want to throw out for this new better weapon? Yeah, that's that's because my inventory is full. Basically, how it works, and then sometimes you're like, "This weapon is cool looking, but the power is shit, and I need to keep all my Lionel stuff." <laughs> so, 
I would say I still think that's kind of a miss in inventory design. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's... I don't feel like I'm making an interesting decision about what to keep and what to throw out. Um, I just... The one thing I will say about that is I think it worked out for Breath of the Wild specifically because in a lot of cases you would end up breaking your weapons fairly quickly. So it kind of ended up being this cyclical thing where you would break your weapons and then you'd have to get a new one. So a lot of times I didn't have much of a problem with this because I had space in my inventory because I used my weapons. And sometimes... Uh, Admittedly, sometimes I would go and I would like look at a camp of book hoblins and I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to fight them because I only have good weapons and I don't want to use up my good weapons fighting a bunch of fucking bokoblins. Book That's why you always use the master sword as a mining <coughs> weapon or like a weapon to chop down trees with. Right. <laughs> it's because you like the other weapons you had in your inventory would break forever and would disappear the Master Sword would always come back. Yeah. Uh, so what I would say is that I think uh, I'm like the, the purpose of being like, of you always break a weapon so you can continually like cycle your new weapons in. Um, it forces you to cycle new weapons in is kind of interesting, and it also limits the supply of weapons you have available. Mm -hmm. um, but practically, if you had unlimited weapons available, and they just still had weapon durability, uh, I would still be doing probably the exact thing, same thing where I use the worst weapon first, and then just do that a bunch. I, we just have a wider selection of it. I don't feel, I don't feel like it's that much of an addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think it worked for, for just the gameplay loop that Breath of the Wild created, where it's just, like, even, like, just random treasure chests is usually useful because you always need to replace your weapons. So, uh, yeah. to an extent it worked, but I, I definitely get what you're saying. It was not... And it was certainly not for everybody, because I know I'm, like, in the minority that actually is like, oh, yeah, the durability of weapons was not something I minded. You know, a lot of people... <laughs> Are very tell vocal the, about fucking. Tell, tell the truth, that. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really mind that either. I don't. I kind of get. I get why someone would hate it, but it was like, it <coughs> didn't bother me. Yeah. But no, I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, well, here's some issues in the implementation. I still think it was a pretty tightly designed game <coughs> there. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely thought that went into that system. That's very apparent. Um, let me see what else. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the Elder Scroll scroll style weight-based inventory management because of the gameplay surrounding it. Tends to be the 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 decisions that relate to weight tend to be the most boring decisions in the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh god, there's, there's never a, a time where it's like there's never a game where. It, there's never a time in Elder Scrolls where I'm like, I have three really powerful potions, but I can only wow. keep they just two all of them. Beat the shit out of me there when Which I jumped one do up I on deck. Get rid of? Yeah, that's fair. Because especially in Elder Scrolls, it's like you keep your inventory, you keep your potions, and and everything else is just a weight value. Yeah. 
Um, I think Binding of I think Binding of Isaac, the original Binding Binding of Isaac, the entire series, is a very interesting case of how inventory management can be affected by the game around it. Because the original Binding of Isaac had spacebar items. You could only have one of those at a time um, to contrast with the passive items, which you could have any number of, and they were kind of treated the same game. Um, some spacebar items were uh, better than others. Some were good. Um, some were just absolute garbage. But you could only have one at a time. So oftentimes, if you had a spacebar item, finding another spacebar item in an item room would feel like a letdown. It was like, oh, I missed an upgrade. This could have been a passive item. I could have... I missed an upgrade here. Mm -hmm. But at least in the original Binding of Isaac, that item pool was fairly limited. Um, yeah. there, there were only so many spacebar uh, space items to go around. So... Then came the expansion, then came Finding of Isaac Rebirth, then came Afterbirth, then came Afterbirth Plus, then came uh, Repentance, which is the latest update that came out fairly recently here. Uh, and with each of those games, more items were added, including more spacebar items. So the competition for this single slot got much tighter. Mm -hmm. uh, which means that you have just that many more items that are included in the game that will, practically speaking, not be used in a run ever, um, clogging up the game. So I feel like, at least up until Repentance, the design... The, the, the design started off okay and it got worse just because more items were added into the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Edmund McMillan actually said something along those... He didn't say quite that, but he said he, he like acknowledged the problem at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot a lot of the new stuff that's introduced is like, oh, you can have multiple spacebar items, oh, we have these characters that can carry one each. Like you're playing, basically playing two characters at once because we want you to have an aneurysm. Uh, <laughs> so, so the problem's been kind of addressed somewhat. But it went from there's a limited pool of this to just kind of a chore of a system. Yeah. And then I want to contrast that with the design of the inventory in. Dota 2. Uh, is there an actual limit? Because I, like, I've never got that many items to fill up the whole page. What is it? Fuck. So, oh. the limit yes, is, alligator. Fuck. you have, in Dota 2, as it stands today, you have six active items. Six items you can use or actively, like, affect you in your inventory. You have three backpack slots, which are items you can, like, swap out to. Um... Or, like, just stuff you're carrying around. Uh, you have a special slot for teleportation scrolls and a special slot for one neutral item. Mm -hmm. Which, only neutral item, neutral items can only go in there. Uh, so you always want to have at least one of those carrying, carry it around. Um, 
how the game was originally was you just had those six slots, those six inventory slots, and that was it. And you had to carry your town portal scrolls in the slot in one of those slots. Um, you had to carry your wards in another slot, and then you didn't really have any room to, like, store items out of the way. So if you were building a big item, um, and you didn't have enough room for it, you'd have to wait until that big item was complete, uh, to... for it to, like, collect out, condense itself, and then get those slots freed up again. So, that wasn't... I didn't really enjoy that part of the game. I kind of accepted it, because that was kind of the convention of the genre. Right. Um, as time went on, I'm really happy with the changes that were made in the game. Yeah. I, I think every upgrade to the inventory has been a good upgrade. Uh, adding the backpack, backpack slots helped with the, oh, you can only carry around so much. Good. Um, adding the town portal scroll slot uh, made what was probably the most necessary item in the game. Um, yeah, that's one of those it, things it, where, like, if, if there's a correct slot. item to have at any time, giving it a dedicated button is, like, that's that's kind of cool. Like how they, you know, didn't make you equip the ocarina in Ocarina of Time 3D. You just had an ocarina button. Yeah. Uh, but you still, <laughs> the game still just has those six active slots. Uh, which is fine. Because, so the game is still, in terms of gameplay, you still have to pick which items, once you're into the late game, you still have to pick which items you want to be active in those slots. Even in the mid-game, you might have, like, stat-boosting items where you have to figure out what you want to swap out of your backpack for, like, big temporary items like the Aegis of the Immortal. Um, but you still have... You still have to manage your inventory, and you're still making interesting decisions on what you need to get rid of or put in your backpack versus what you need to keep active, but uh, the system as a whole is just less cumbersome, and it's just actively been made less cumbersome over time, mm -hmm. and it's a really nice change to see. I've been, For as bad as I am at the game, I've been playing it since 2012, so I can like feel the difference. It's a and it's a big difference. It makes the game play much better. Mm -hmm. That's cool, because not every game will get that. Because obviously, a lot of the games that I play are more you know single player focused. What you get yeah. in the game is is just kind of how the game will work forever, and uh, and that's it. So you know, I don't I don't get patches in my games that fix the inventory nuances in. I, I don't I can't think of a game that's ever done that except with like a remake like Ocarina of Time 3D or something. Yeah, where they made the uh they made the iron boots like a the item. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was such a nice upgrade just not having to deal with that. Yeah. Which that's just a quality of life thing. It's it's not that bad, but you know if it goes further than that, like it apparently did in Dota, then it, I can see how that would be so great to to just have it like that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's much less of a 
Oh, well, I had the wrong item, so... It, it, I have enough money for this item, and I could benefit from the extra stats. Or I want to have it on hand so I can complete the item sooner. Or have it in my inventory, but I gotta wait to have the item completed. Kind of shit. Um... So, oh yeah, there was one more thing. Swapping any item, if you're not next to a shop, swapping to any item out of the backpack into your inventory puts it on a six-second cooldown. So it doesn't start working for six seconds. So it makes the uh, it makes that swap out actually matter. But you can carry around like multiple like you could carry around like mana potions and then like. Uh, like healing potions and you could swap them out but you couldn't trigger them on the fly you'd have to right. put some forth on it so I think that's I, 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 I'm, it's one of those things where it's because I played it the old way I'm really impressed with the way it works now mm -hmm. this is kind of an intense fight here I keep like getting down on health yeah. and then I mean, How did I jump bullets, that high? <laughs> like, a lot of those hunters, I feel like... I, I've seen some bullets take out probably a quarter of your health bar there. Yeah. Not all of them, but like some of them. It's pretty brutal. Uh, Luckily, see, I can do you have back any, by chomping them up. Any other weight... Or any other item resource management games you really want to call out? Uh, not, nothing specific. I think I got out the, the ones that I specifically was thinking of when I picked the topic and the ones I thought of along the way, sir. I'd also like to call out Final Fantasy in terms of inventory management for being uh, at, at least like the more modern Final Fantasies. Um, for being a game where I feel like the inventory system is perfectly neutral. Where you can hold infinite, of, you can hold up to 99 of any given item, and your inventory is effectively unlimited. Um, so it's just kind of an unobtrusive system that stays out of the way. Uh, in terms of inventory management. So, I, was, I yeah. was holding a beer with my finger that I needed to use to push the dodge button right there. <laughs> About shut myself. Oops. Woo! So, I said all I think I have to say on that for now. Are you Yeah, done? I think I'm good. You want to go to our table topic here? Yeah. Table topic. Reskinning tabletops. Good or no good. Micro and macro levels. Uh, micro being changing fireball to deal cold damage. Uh, and macro being using 3.5 to play Star Wars and calling magic the Force. Yeah, so this is uh, something that I, I have experienced doing both of these things, literally, because uh, I've had players that have been like, I want to throw a fireball of, of lightning or cold, and I'm like, whatever. It, it doesn't functionally change the spell, and as long as it's like decided on beforehand, it's not really that broken, right? So I'm like, in general, as a DM, I'm like, I'll let that kind of shit slide. Um, what do you, let's tackle that part of the question first, uh, what do you, do you have any specific opinions on that? On the, uh, 
micro level? I, I fucking leveled up right as I died. <laughs> what the bullshit? You're supposed. I get. You get a free. It, it's like one of those games where you get all your health back when you level up, except it was canceled out because I fucking died at the same time. Damn that, it. That, I have to drink for that shit. It's just no good. <laughs> uh, so you mean the micro level stuff? Uh, yeah, for, like, reskinning, just like, oh, I want to, you know, or, I like, that. I want to have a throwing dagger, f f but I want to have it have the critical threat range in, or the, the critical modifier instead of the threat range, right? Some, some bullshit like that, where it's like, you're technically that. using a throwing hammer by the way the rules are putting it, but if you want to do it for flavor, instead of bludgeoning damage, yeah. it's not going to break the fucking... Yeah. Yeah, I do that stuff kind of as a second instinct, both running and playing a game. I don't even think to ask permission for it, because uh -huh. it's such a minor thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's like, yeah, go right ahead. It just makes the game better when you do that. It makes the game better and does not detract in any way. I'm now, an adult. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> you're a big boy. Yeah. Which is kind of neat, because... Start uh, saving for index mutual funds, what the fuck? What? What's this announcer saying? Oh, I can't hear him very well on, on mine, so it's funny that you can hear him better on the stream. Because uh, uh, I, I have the volume way turned down, so it's not, like, gonna fuck up the stream or anything. But, uh, yeah, yay, I got 30 gamer points. I'm fucking nice. amazing. How much gamer score I got? I got... Let's see if I got it. This, this, this show, I gotta go. I gotta go home. I gotta go home. Yeah, I have fifteen thousand gamer score now. I'm amazing. I'm trying to think of a time when I would decline a minor kind of reskin like that, like ever as a DM. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm coming up blank here. It's just. Oh, you want to no cast the spell fireball, but you want it to be like an ice ball instead. It's like a big ass ice blast. That's fine with me. Just you don't know fireball, or if you want to learn fireball, you gotta like pay the research cost. Right? Yeah. Do do like a separate thing. Like if you want to prepare fireball and ice ball separately or something, eh, it, whatever. It's not that big yeah. of a deal, right? Uh, or, but you know, it's it's not one of those things where I'm I'm not gonna let you like. Oh, reskin fireball on the fly, right? Like, oh, we're firing fire methods. I'm gonna use a lightning reskin fireball, right? Yeah, no, that would be no. no, it's that's that's where it crosses the line because it becomes imbalanced because fireball is partially balanced by the fact that it is a specifically typed damage that will some creatures will be immune to, some creatures will be resistant to, some creatures will take double damage. So it's like. That'll that could you know be in your interest or your uh, detriment at any given time. I, so I wouldn't allow it just for oh I want to have the perfect tool to solve this problem that I didn't know existed before <coughs> thing. But if you're yeah. like my character's an ice wizard, they cast ice spells. I'm like okay, you have ice ray and ice ball and ice bolt or whatever. You have, you have all the ice versions of that if you want. I wanted, I would have zero issue with that. It's, uh... Let's see. It's like, oh, you have throwing 
your throwing daggers are like balanced weird, so they are mechanically throwing hammers, except they deal piercing damage. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's fl that's a fluff thing. Yeah, like Mostly. who the hell cares? If it's something that you could mechanically do just the same as, especially like that, like you could use throwing hammers. So, like using throwing hammers is not any more broken than using daggers reskinned as throwing hammers, right? It's uh, <coughs> uh what you wanna? Oh, you're using throwing daggers. Oh, oh you wanna be slightly less useful against skeletons, I guess. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Or if, if even the other way around, I wanted to use, be like, oh, I want throwing hammers that have those stats of daggers for some reason. Oh, it, it's gonna hit skeletons a little harder, and that's about it. And a throwing dagger would, because it's bludgeoning. It's, it's mostly just shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um... That is so high up. How the fuck do I get that? I, I, I don't know. Huh. Micro scale, uh, rescanning. It's just. Yeah. So I guess that's our take: is micro scale rescanning. Who the fuck gives a fuck? If somebody in your group wants to do something for flavor that does not mechanically imbalance the game, or like, like I guess maybe if it like doesn't make sense in your like well, if you're playing like, like a like, modern an game ice. and somebody wants to like reskin a gun as a magic fireball and that's out of the realm of what is possible in your campaign world you like that's th not a but that's a very world. specific that's instance right yeah and in that case personally i probably would be like yeah all right whatever but <laughs> i can see like if if you need to keep the flavor of your world the way that you want it that's fine too. Yeah. So you just—it's most of the time it doesn't matter, and in the few cases where it does matter, either it was something you talked about beforehand, where you're like, "Oh yeah, you guys are in the fire dungeon. Makes sense that like the water wizard's gonna deal more damage there." Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a cool flavor thing, or it's gonna be like the players asking for a special benefit because they know it will help them out in that particular encounter where you just say no that's so you're clearly doing this just to min max in the moment don't you don't get to do that mm -hmm. um and even then it's not really that big a deal uh so i think macro scale reskinning uh where you're saying using 3.5 to play star wars and calling magic the force that's a more interesting question that there's got there's more depth to that one. yeah because that's another thing that i've done because i have played the official star wars d20 system and it's based on d20 modern which was a version basically a slightly different version of 3.0 or 3.5 yeah. i forget what one of those but it's like it's more or less the same but it's got a couple of little niggles that personally we didn't really care for uh in our group with the it had like you had to get hit by your toughness points and then your hit points or something weird like that i forget exactly the how it's it like, worked you had like grit and then you had like 
body points or something yeah like that. something like, akin to that it, it wasn't called that but it was, it was basically that idea yes I think they put that in Unearthed Arcana later so that's how I know about that um I think if you were just straight saying taking 3.5 and saying alright but wizards are using the force it wouldn't work and it wouldn't work entirely for like what reasons yeah. Because the flavor of the Vancean style casting that wizards do, um, and the power level, like what the magic can accomplish, and all of that, uh, the, the need to prepare spell slots, is total totally clashes with how Star Wars works. Okay. Uh, and I think his force powers are like much more of a you're not like necessarily depleting. You're not preparing force powers from a force book and then loading up your force gun and then getting higher tiers of force powers as you go up in level. That's just not how Star Wars works. Um, right. So... Force for context, one of the things that we did is we did, to an extent, homebrew some spells that were more like force lightning and, and force choke and things like that. So some of it was partially homebrewed, but we also allowed like, if you want to use like a 3.5 spell here, there's theoretically no reason like, if the force can conjure lightning, like, why can't it mage hand? I mean, it can mage hand, right? It can, There are a lot of things, there's a lot of crossover there. So we, we kind of hand waved it, even though it wasn't exact, because we liked the 3.5 as a base system better than the actual Star Wars. So that was kind of our yeah. our thinking on that. Um, and th it doesn't putting... necessarily... Th that was just an example, because uh, like you could do this with Hero System as well. And In fact, Hero System kind of encourages use between uh, different... Um, uh, Genres. Hero system like, is kind it's, of it's primarily Hero system has this thing called like special effect, where yeah. it's like here's the fluff on the power, and then here's like the power itself. And the yeah. power itself is like purely mechanical, and then the special effects are like what it looks like. Which I I I, I like that approach. Yeah, I think I uh, Hero System and Mutants and Masterbinds both kind of do that, where they say the powers are basically just mechanical effects. And then what the powers, and then you kind of build the powers, and what they do and what they look like. What they they can look like anything, and the fluff is not is almost completely detached from the effect. Protein caches like this one are a convenient and tasty way for sharks to increase their protein intake. Gotta increase that protein intake. Yep. Uh. I don't know if that was what you were trying to say with the hero system there. Uh, yeah, more or less. Um, because hero system does go out of its way to describe itself as a system that's kind of, you know, not... It's, it's like, sort of specifically tailored to comic book superhero shenanigans, but yeah. at the same time, it's also, like, it's malleable enough that you could use it for Star Wars. You could use it for, um, a, a fantasy game. Uh, I, personally, I made a, a Transformer. <laughs> I feel like Hero System is designed to be more of a generic system applicable to many things. Yeah. And I think what you were saying earlier about Star Wars 
canon just using 3.5 Star Wars, and then it's like, yeah, you use the Lightning Bolt spell or you use Mage Hand, you're like, that's totally appropriate in Star Wars. Uh, where it starts running into trouble is, um, things like the way wizards prepare their spells in 3.5, yeah. or things like... To an extent, uh, that's user, obviously that's not exactly the same, is. but again, it was like, at that time, we didn't have access to nearly as many, like, indie tabletops, or, or yeah. like, the tabletop that we knew existed was D20. That, like, yeah. I think, at that time, maybe my brother had a, a Hero System book. Hero System has been actually around quite a long time. Um, and, and other tabletops, too, as well. But, like, at that time, like, all we knew was, like, what we could find in a book that we had, and most of the books we had were, uh, were D&D. So, it's like, at the time, I think, you know, we, you were, we did... You were making do with what you had. Yeah. And so, if, if other people are in the same situation, then I don't think there's, uh, necessarily a, a bad thing about that either. Because, like... Looking for a specialized tabletop system to fit your game is not always as easy as just, like, using one you already have that is, like, you can fudge it and, and it'll be good enough. So, I'm all for system hacks, but in terms of just, like, naked reskinning, there is no world, I think, in which a Force user is going to be able to make a web in the way that D&D wizards can cast a web spell. That's fair. Um, that, I'm like, that would just... It's just out of genre. Right. And it's not that... At that I, point, I feel like uh, you could get away with simply, like, disallowing spells that theoretically the Force couldn't use or something. So, but, again, that's like... I, I'm also against limitations on players, so if you're doing a Star Wars campaign that runs in D&D, &D, then I I also would, like, be hard-pressed to tell a player, no, this spell in the player's handbook that you are clearly reading that sounds really awesome is something you cannot have, sorry. That's not... So that's... I, I don't know how to feel about that. It's like, like putting what, me in both force, directions as a, as a DM. A Force user isn't gonna be like... They're not going to be like, oh, I cast through Resurrection using these diamonds, though. It's... Uh, and right. I kind of... I well, you could use, you you could use kyber don't... crystals, right? Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Because that's something we did a lot, is, uh, like, when we were picking armor, we were like, oh, do you take leather armor? No, I take plasteel armor, because it's Star Wars, get it? You know. Yeah. Do you use a sword? No, it's a lightsaber greatsword. So... So, I got I got two things here. Mm -hmm. One is I I gotta I kind of get what you're saying about not wanting to put limitations on the players, but I think I think for some games that it's totally appropriate. You're like, no, this is not yeah. this is not the kind of like game I want to run. And I think in some cases I'm like sometimes it's like you want to be like this is kind of like an anything goes kind of game. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but some games will suffer from an anything goes kind of approach. It's like some games will benefit from it, some games will suffer from it. And I think it's totally appropriate to be like, no, that's not that's not cool to do that 
Yeah. Um, I, I would be... But the second thing I was going to say is there is a guy, Kevin Crawford, uh, of Sign No Mind Publishing. I plugged some of his stuff before on this podcast back when I used to bring things. Mm-hmm. Um, he regularly puts out new systems and all of those systems are hacks of basic D&D. And they're just in different genres. One is like Call of Cthulhu if it was in D&D. One is like we're playing like godlike characters if it was D&D. One of them's like it's the post-apocalypse but D&D. One of them is it's space but D&D. Uh, the mm. most recent one he put out is what if D&D was D&D? Which is, it's fucking great. It's actually, I really love this book. It's the newest. I'll, I'll have to show it off sometime. Um, but he's done a lot of work to make all of those systems feel like appropriate to genre. Like the space system, like the psychics work differently than the magic, than like the magic users of the D&D world, than like, and then the gods feel different. Even though they all kind of run off the same basic framework. All those, everything feels appropriate for what mm-hmm. it is. So, you can be familiar with one of these systems and kind of get how all of the other systems function, but you still get, like, appropriate uh, stuff out of any of the given systems. You, you still get, like, John, like, you don't get Advancing spellcasters out of the Call of Cthulhu system, for instance. Right. Um, you know, magic. The the space magic that is in the space system works differently than the magic that's in the two different fantasy systems he has, which both somehow feel independent of each other. It's kind of great. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I feel like you can reskin a system like 3.5 to do pretty much anything, and a lot of what D20 was about was doing that. Like the D20 open game license systems were doing things like that. But what you really want to do is you want to hack it until it works, until it feels right. Yeah. So you're saying a simple reskin can work, but it's not usually the best. Yes. And you'd rather have a a more in-depth hack of the system. Yeah, and then if you're, like, playing a game where you're like, well, I want characters that die and live by the rules of drama, then you don't want to use D&D at all. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Unless you really hack the shit out of D&D somehow. It's like, I know there's a bunch of narrative games that I've played a little bit that work with totally different assumptions where combat is, like, not that kind of thing. There's too many guys. <laughs> um, yeah, they're... They are fucking you up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how there are always so many guys around you. Apparently I piss people off by eating humans or something. They don't uh, like that. What the fuck? I am so close to fucking level 11, my experience bar is all the way up. Uh, maybe you'll get heal up to full next time in a All right. next attempt I got in a, a new big thing. Way. Ooh. All my speeds go up. That's kinda cool. Ooh. So now I but I have I now I actually have to decide which one I'm gonna use. 
so... I can uh, always change out my sonar, though, I feel like, because the sonar is useful for, like, finding secrets and shit, but uh, I think as a general thing, it might be better to have the, the speed. Yeah, that way you can dodge gunshots better. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'd ask you, uh, do you have any thoughts to add on to that, to riff on that, or, like, of, um, of your... Not specifically. Let's see. I can upgrade that body, too. Sweet. You know what's funny? Oh, is like, gonna, I, I have that I'm book I was just praising so highly, so I might do a Chris Springs a thing because I got it and I want to show it off. Yeah, do a thing. You got a thing? Uh, I do got a thing. Are we are we ending this topic? Um, I guess unless there's any last-minute things. I guess our general thoughts are, yeah, it works. It might not be the best, but I think it can be fun if you, like don't feel like going out of your way to explore a new system or if it's easier for your player base and then sure why the fuck not but as chris said i do agree with you at least on that it is not ideal right it's it's better to have a system that's actually made for the thing you're trying to do in most cases and by all means if you're playing a game a reskinned game of something and everyone's having fun. I don't know what I said, just went, it matters. Yeah. Go fu have fun. Yeah, if you guys are having fun, then Chris's opinion doesn't matter. I'm a, I'm a big old system weird, systems weirdo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, on Chris Brings a Thing, uh, I have this nice little book here. Yeah, we haven't done Chris Brings a Thing in a while, because we, we stopped it when we stopped doing in-person podcasts, because usually he would, like, hand me the book, and we I'd, I'd look at it and check it out, and, and yeah. you know, I'll, give you a little bit of my thoughts, but yeah, we can do it on webcam stream. That's just, like, good enough yeah. backup. Right, I gotta oh, eat, like, two more humans. That's all I gotta do. And now I can leave. Okay, bye. <laughs> I gotta... It's like, I got this got this uh, book, Worlds Without Number. Uh, I think it's supposed to be kind of an homage to Jack Vance's uh, Dying Earth, which is where Vancean casting comes from. Uh, the kind of spellcasting that's in D&D. And it's kind of truer to form to that in some ways. Um, mm. It's So the default setting of the game is it's set in far-flung future Earth that's been... It's, like, so old that magic exists. Uh, it's, like... And you're not sure if it's, like, just really advanced technology uh, that's gone, like, awry, ran by AI, nanoclouds, or whatever, or what. No, no one understands how it works anymore. The point is, is that calling it magic isn't exactly wrong, even if it somehow runs by science rules. Uh, so I, I kind of like that setting detail. Yeah, one of those things um, like Thor, like... Yeah, yeah, magic is just science that you don't understand yet. So I got nice little... It's like a fairly pretty book here. Um, I got the offset print version, but you can pick up, like, print-on-demand versions of the book of the book that don't include uh, one of my screen names in them. Uh, pretty standard, like basic D&D rules, like, roll your skill, your stats in order, uh, and then, what is it? 
uh, you can change one of your scores to 14. And it, 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 you know, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty standard stuff. Um, you do have a set of skills you can learn that uh, have all kind of run on a, a pretty basic system, and that's pretty nice. Um, you have just uh, four classes. You have the warrior. Um, what is it? I think it's the expert, the mage, and the adventurer. And the adventurer just takes half of one of whatever class they want to learn. Hmm. And then they cool. get the be kind of some benefits of both. So it's a really simple system. I kind of um, like that. It also Systems has... Systems don't necessarily have to be complicated. also has uh, a magic item treasure system kind of in the back there that where it, it's been it does something that I had been trying to do myself and been just too impatient carry off where it's basically oh here's a item generation system magic item generation system for just like magic weapons and armor and shit and all of the unique items in there are pretty interesting, and like a lot of the setting details are interesting. Uh, it has, like, it has cool takes on things like dwarves and elves, where it's like, oh yeah, uh, it turns out the the magic of the setting, the legacy powers, um, power. It it, it did a bunch of weird things. At one point, humans were immortal. Elves are just modified humans that are still subject to that immortality. Whenever they die, they just get reincarnated, kind of thing. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a it's a very very interesting system. It's a lot truer to form. You get way fewer spells per day if you're a magic user, if that's the kind of thing you care about. But those spells are a lot more powerful. Uh, so yeah. Worlds Without Number. Check, check it out if you have if any of that sounds interesting. Yeah, so that's uh, Chris brings a thing for the first time in like years. Yeah. Um, and now for the final segment of the podcast where we just talk about inane bullshit until somebody says something really awkward and I, and I cut off the podcast, which usually is the part where I stop playing the game, but I'm kind of at an intense part right now and I don't want to pause. I, mean, I killed another guy and now I got bioelectric fins. So I can't wait to see what shit that does. Uh, my bioelectric... I think I have to swap out my bioelectric teeth for them, though. So... I guess we'll have to see what, what exact uh, different thing they do. Because I, I, I have upgraded the bioelectric teeth now, because uh, now I do two points uh, for every bite attack I use, and it uh, has an increased radius... So it does it to, like, every target within, like, three meters of me. So I actually... it's I think it's actually a pretty cool, powerful ability. Because I'm just, like, even even when I'm... Like, I, I'm stunning these guys just by attacking, like, the boat. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> it's, uh... And then every now and then I just gotta eat one of them, or <laughs> a couple of them, to... Regain my health here, because I'm not very good at dodging, apparently. At what point in this game do you become Godzilla? I don't, uh, wonder. I don't know. That'd be great, though. Because you're clearly getting all these radiation mutations and stuff. Yeah, this I is mean, awesome. 
put this game together in? It's like, it's, yeah, it's just a game where you're a shark that eats people. Fucking awesome. And things. I, I, I eat yeah. whatever I fucking want. Yeah, I mean, you eat more than people, but let's be fair, you're eating a lot of people here. Yeah. Comes in handy. There. Fucking eat him. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand why you're being targeted by all the humans, because, you know, a shark that just jumps on land and bounces three times to eat three people and then jumps back in the water. Something to be feared. I yeah, something about that. Get anywhere close to that. Alright, no. I think they're gone for the moment, and then I can get on with my side quest or whatever I was doing. Alright, so anyways, yeah, so that was uh, Maneater gameplay. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Let me know, and I'll, I might stream that again. I thought I thought it would be a fun game to just watch on stream while we're talking about our bullshit or whatever. So, uh, Although we uh, actually had a couple watching? of decent topics today. I, we got some yeah. good discussion out of that. So. Did have some Here. good discussion. We'll drink to... I forgot the fucking bagpipes, damn it. What an idiot. So here, hold on. Uh, I have to drink for forgetting the fucking bagpipes. You you have to you have to rush through all of the uh, theme songs. Yeah, all so I, 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 I play all play of them, all man. three of them at once. There, that was all of them at once. That was almost awkward enough to be the cutoff. <laughs> almost. for bearing. Difficult to finger and blow like that.